everyone, this is Viv, and you're listening to the What Gives Podcast. Hey listeners, so I called this bonus episode because we have some news that we have to talk about. There is a rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans, namely Asian American elders, and it honestly breaks my heart. I'm Asian American myself, and in these instances, I think about my family, my friends, my community, and I'm just really trying to make sense of it all. So I've brought on Edward from UNIPRO, which stands for the Filipino American Unity for Progress. They are an organization that aims to unite our community through collaborative action, leadership development, and advocacy. Ed has studied Asian American studies. He is passionate about cultural awareness and his work with UNIPRO, and he is just someone I trust to speak to about this. So thank you, Ed, for being here for us today, helping me wrap my head around all of the things that are happening and shedding light on this bigger issue. For sure. Thank you for having me on the show, Viv. What's up, everybody listening? My name is Edward Raya. I have been a part of Filipinos in Alliance, the Midwest Association of Filipino Americans, and Theta Lambda Beta Fraternity Incorporated, a multicultural fraternity. And after college, became a member of Unipro, as Viv mentioned, and where I am currently the Director of Brand Marketing and Secretary General for the Chicago chapter. Awesome, Ed. So walk me and the listeners through what's happening in our community right now, the AAPI community. Like you said uh, in your introduction, it's a lot going on right now. There's hate crimes running throughout the country, particularly against the Asians. And to just kind of give you know, brief timeline summary of some of the cases that have been going on. Just to give a trigger warning, some of the cases I might be hearing might be a little graphic. So I just wanted to be mindful of people listening. But to kind of summarize, I think what started it was the 84-year-old Thai man being assaulted and murdered in San Francisco. There was also a case of three elders, with the oldest being 91, being shoved to the ground in Oakland. And Oakland in the last uh, month or so has reported about 20 assaults. Uh, in New York, there was a 61-year-old Filipino man who had his face slashed in a Manhattan subway, an 89-year-old Chinese woman being set on fire in Brooklyn, and a Burmese man has two children being stabbed in Texas. You know, the list goes on and on, and there's just been so many unfortunate events being, being done onto our community. And it's gotten to the point where President signed an executive order to direct federal agencies to combat this violence going on against our community. Ed, where do you where do you think this is all coming from? Like, why is this happening in our community, and why right now? I think a lot of this surge in violence has a to do with how America responded when COVID first broke out. Right, terminology being thrown around by individuals, things like bat eaters, calling it the China virus, the sort of racism and prejudice, and they're using COVID as a scapegoat to kind of commit these acts, say these things. Uh, Around, I think, 2,000 cases were reported regarding anti-Asian hate incidents between the months of March and June, which is only a three to four month span. So 2,000 cases in that time span is just absurd. 58% of Asian Americans found more common now than ever to experience racism. And 1% of them have been subjected to racial slurs and jokes. So I think given these numbers, it's clear that COVID 
has had a major impact on why these things are happening in our community. Yeah, I had a conversation with one of my guests who works for the Unconscious Bias Project, and you know, she condemns our our last president for calling it the Chinese virus or the Kung flu or whatever he called it and how it really impacted us and made us the scapegoat, like you said. Do you think that racism has risen significantly or do you think this has been happening underlying in our community for many years? I think that COVID has definitely amplified these sort of beliefs and actions that people are taking right now. I don't think that this is anything new to the community. It's just coming to surface now, but it has always been an issue, I believe. And we were saying COVID is just has just been an excuse for people to be more forthright in saying these things towards us. I don't think I've ever had fear of racism. Like there is obviously moments of embarrassment and moments of teasing. But last week I texted my parents and I was like, hey, stay inside you know what's going on in the community, just be safe. And I don't think, I I don't remember ever having a conversation like that with my own family. So you must have some feeling about this as well. Like, did you have conversations with your family? How do you feel about this? For sure. I was honestly very upset and frustrated. I work part-time at a physical therapy clinic. My mom's a nurse. Many of my colleagues in Unipro are in the healthcare field as well. So I've heard countless stories and I've experienced myself of racism and prejudice going on in the workplace. One of my colleagues, uh, he's a nurse, and uh, I recall him telling me a story about how a certain patient of his didn't want him taking care of her just because he was Asian. And I thought that was just so mad because here, he, here is a healthcare worker whose job is to, you know, ensure proper health and rehabilitation for patients and for a patient to deny his services that he is offering simply because of the color of his skin and his race and his ethnicity was just so shocking to me because healthcare workers, no matter what race, no matter what ethnicity, all they want to do is help. And who are you deny that help from someone just because of who they are as a person? And it's just a lot going on in this country as is um, amidst the pandemic and racial political divide. And this is just not another issue that we need on our hands. These stories that are coming up now with the attack of the elderly and racism due to COVID are just the tip of the iceberg because there's been plenty of stories that I believe haven't been reported or stories that aren't being told due to a variety of reasons like a lack of accessibility to resources language barriers, cultural barriers, and other things. So I think this issue in general regarding race against Asians is something that isn't talked about very often. I'm just glad that we're able to have this conversation to bring awareness to the topic. Yeah, me, me too. When everything started to happen, I feel like I just started creating this platform and now this is forefront in the news and I really want to talk about it. Why don't I just use my platform? And like in the back of my mind, I know Asian Americans have had to deal with a lot this year due to COVID, you know, blame of COVID, the fact that Filipino nurses have the highest death rate from COVID and how Chinatown is shutting down, our businesses are closing, and now there's a rise of deadly hate crimes on our elderly. It's 
heartbreaking and I don't even know like where to start with that. Yeah, it's just, there's just so much to process right now. And with everything going on in the community, not just in the Asian community, society in general, um, it truly is heartbreaking. And we're living in a time that is unprecedented, you know, it's causing all sorts of repercussions for our community, specifically, like you said, it's just listening to the stories from my colleagues and hearing about how they're experiencing these things is just heartbreaking because, you know, it doesn't really hurt until it impacts somebody you're close to, you know, um, that's what I think that's where it really hits home. Um, and there's just a lot of prejudice occurring now because of the pandemic that was, but sort of thing isn't new. Like we were saying, I think COVID amplified these narratives. Like I think most Asians heard the slur that Asians eat dogs, but now because of COVID, that just evolved to Asians eat bats. You know? So yeah. it's just difficult to talk about, but I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yeah, me too. So I know that you studied Asian American studies. Like, I wish you could tell us everything that you knew in a five minute span, but I won't make you do that. Is there something that throughout your studies that you think is important to take away and to note and to remember historically or culturally? Yeah, I, I do wish that we talk more about this. I think that would take a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> there, there is a lot of history on Asians and Asian Americans that most aren't typically taught in standard U.S. curriculum, unless, you know, specifically looking for a degree in that area of study. And overall, I just think there's a just an utter lack of proper representation of Asians in U.S. history. We are Asian Americans, so why isn't our history a part of U.S. history? And if there is some sort of representation, it's usually pretty brief or extremely negative. But what I wanted to ask you, Viv, is what are some things that you can have off the top of your head that you were taught about Asian or Asian American hit in school? Geez, that's a hard one. I think a lot of my education has come through other pathways that are, are not a formal education But obviously, we super briefly glazed over, you know, internment camps. Yeah, you're right. Like, there hasn't been a lot of showcasing of Asian American history. But I think the very first time I started to think about Asian American history was when I heard the story of Vincent Chin. And he was a a man that was murdered not too long ago, just a few decades ago. And it was a hate crime. It was a huge hate crime. And it started a civil rights movement, an Asian civil rights movement in Detroit. And from there, I really threw myself into educating my my own self. Because you're right, this stuff I didn't learn through a formal education. Yeah, I'm glad I brought up Vincent Chin because that's actually one of the stories I wanted to highlight to the listener. So Vincent Chin was a man who died in 1982. And I, like you said, there was a lot of awareness being brought about this case. Especially, I think I saw a lot of advocacy for it at the beginning of the pandemic because like you said, there was a sort of movement being called for after his death. And it's great that many were made aware of this story, you know, years after 1982. But how many people knew about this? prior to the pandemic, had racism against Asians not been prominent because of the pandemic, people would have been made aware of the story of Vincent Chin or others. Another topic of interest in Asian studies, the topic of immigration. Um, It's something that we learn a lot about early on and how other people were given the quote unquote opportunity to come to America. But I think 
U.S. education doesn't accurately portray are the struggles that Asians experienced during this time and even leading to today. One example that I want to bring up was the Chinese Exclusion Act in 1882, the only law of its kind in U.S. history to prevent a specific ethnic group from immigrating. And this was eventually repealed in 1943. So 61 years later, the government decided this was wrong. Wait, so is the Chinese Exclusion Act just for Chinese immigrants that were coming? I, yes. you, you'll need to educate me on this because yeah. I, so I didn't know. Essentially, they were prohibiting the immigration of Chinese citizens to the U.S. So, oh. yeah. So, like I said, there's a lot of history that I wish I could talk about right now. And maybe we can have another conversation about that. But, you know, my point is, given the two, three things that we're talking about right now in terms of Asian studies, I'm going to guess that a lot of it is likely new for most listeners who haven't been in a space where you're learning about this sort of thing. I would encourage really everyone to utilize the resources we have today and learn about the history of our people, of your culture. I think technology and social media has made it really possible to learn about things. Information is available at the click of a button. So why not use, you know, some of the time we spend scrolling on social media to make an effort to a little bit more about our people, our culture, offer some resources. Uh, NBC Asian America does a good job posting about current events in our community. And uh, Next Shark is another notable outlet that I think they cover a lot of stories within the community that most major media outlets don't. You know, and I understand everyone's going to have different degrees of interest to which they want to pursue about this topic. But I think just even taking a little time to learn will go a long way in building a sense of understanding and unity amongst everybody in the community. I love that you brought up the point of unity, and I know that's a huge overarching theme and goal of Unipro. How do you see unity when there are so many issues for different groups that are arising right now? And how can we all work together when there's just so much riding on our own individual experiences and traumas? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, unity is definitely not something that is easy to achieve, you know, and that's kind of what Unipro is striving for, unity for progress. I think unity can begin with interacting with each other and sharing accessibility to resources to learn about the sort of things that we're talking about, like the story of Vincent Chin, for example. Like I'm sharing that with you, sharing that with the listeners. They can share it with people after they listen And then that way, more and more people can become aware of that story. If more people can become aware of the story of Vincent Chin, I think more people become aware of other issues in the community. By building that sort of crowdsourcing and collective awareness, I think we can start to begin to understand each other through collaboration and advocacy. And that, I think, will help bring about unity. Yeah, I think um, what you said about staying informed and just taking the steps to learn is super big. And, you know, I think everybody, absolutely everybody in our country should have felt some form of discomfort this year, whether it was COVID related or the election related or all these racial experiences, crimes, traumas. Like I think everyone is in a seat of discomfort and your next step should be to maybe look for resources to fixing those problems. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think despite the negatives that kind of came with COVID, I think there are some positives that can can come out of it. COVID has forced people 
to innovate and you know think of new ways to create new ways to solve issues new ways to interact and collaborate and i think despite the year that it's been we can kind of use what we've learned in this year to kind of create change in the world yeah yeah that's a that's a hopeful message ed okay what is something that you wish more people understood about this current issue I wish people would understand kind of what we were talking about earlier, that even though these stories that we're talking about are uh, very recent, um, there is a long history of xenophobia, which is the prejudice and discrimination against a certain group. So there is a long history of xenophobia against Asians that has been existing throughout history. And I think we really make an effort to understand the roots of where this prejudice is coming from that's causing these attacks on Asians, this racism, and, you know, things like that, that have been impacted because of COVID, you can really start to find a resolution, find a solution to um, combat this issue. Because if we attack a problem, the root of it, then I think we can make efforts to really avoid it. Okay. What are some things you think listeners can do to be more mindful and vigilant and allies to the cause? if they're not part of the community? What are some like actionable items? Mm. I think this question will vary person to person as everyone kind of has their own capacities. You know, maybe more vocal about issues and some may be sort of new to this uh, allyship and advocacy, but I think to whichever end of the spectrum might fall on, I think what we can all collectively do is sort of strive to learn more about each other um, like we were saying earlier, kind of collaboration and sharing our stories, sharing our experiences. And by learning from each other, we can sort of work to help each other. Other things we can do to be allies, supporting small and local businesses that have been impacted by COVID and artists, creators, and other individuals whose livelihoods have been impacted by the pandemic and this ongoing violence. And I think the last thing is when witnessing any sort of anti-Asian hate, be an upstander rather than a bystander. Uh, take action in the face of hatred and speak up because if we don't speak up, then the stories will never be told and it's clearly killing us all right now. Yeah, yeah, I think what you said is super important. I was myself a pretty silent, you can say ally or activist just because I didn't feel like I was educated enough. But yeah, taking the steps to educate yourself and just speaking up. Like I wish, I remember being in a group of friends talking about the coronavirus and we were joking about, I think it was President Trump um, calling it the Kung Flu. And we were laughing about it because, you know, it was a joke. And I wish I said something because I feel like even that's small bit of unconscious bias can be so dangerous. And I just didn't know it at the time. And yeah, I think being up is something that I can be better at and that I'm trying to do. And hopefully with this episode, I'm doing just that and I continue to work on it. So thank you for those tips. Through your work with cultural awareness and Unipro, what have you learned about our heritage as AAPIs, your heritage as a Filipino, and then our collective responsibility to our community. Throughout my work in community and cultural organizations, what I've come to realize is that everybody has the potential to create change, you know, and to which degree that you want to create change is kind of on the person. But overall, I think utilizing your platform and voice to speak truth on the things that matter to you and your community can really do wonders to instill, you know, meaningful change in the world. 
I think we owe it to our ancestors and everyone who made us who we are today to honor the roots that we come from. And we honor these roots by striving to learn more, staying resilient in the face of hatred and never allowing that hatred to diminish who we are as a person. Yeah, when you say not letting hatred diminish who we are, I think that is powerful because I think there is, in the face of hatred, there is a rise of hatred in our community, sadly. And it could be anti-Blackness or it could be, I think someone called it a quote-unquote racial war. And so I think it's important to note to not give into it, (laughs) to not let Mm -hmm. hatred change you. So thank you for that. What is one takeaway that you would have listeners walk away from this episode with today? There's this quote by um, Dean Hong Kingston, a Chinese-American author from UC Berkeley that I really love. And it reads, in the time of destruction, it's something. And I think that's just a powerful quote extremely relevant to all the topics we're talking about today because during a time where we're witnessing an unprecedented pandemic you know racial and political divide amongst other issues now more than ever we have the power to create to create awareness for the issues that are impacting the things we care about creating support for those affected by those issues and creating meaningful change in your communities in your organizations and the world really I think with all the destruction going on in our country, it is important that now more than ever, we fight to build each other back up and create the necessary so we don't allow anything to destroy the work that we put in for our families, for our friends, for our communities, and our culture. Before I do end this episode, I am just so glad to be talking to you about this. You know, like I don't feel like I'm informed myself, even though I'm part of the community. It's something that I am working on that I don't feel the confidence in yet is to talk about these issues. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, as an Asian American, your problems are sometimes silenced by other seemingly more important problems. So, yeah, but thank you so much. Yeah, I think it's uh, this conversation that we're having is really a great start to talk with each other about our experiences and our thoughts and share those experiences and thoughts with the listeners so that they too are inspired by us. And hopefully after listening to this, they make the efforts to learn about what's going on, learn about their cultures, you know, make that change that we've been talking about in this episode. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I feel a little less weight on my shoulders. (laughs) So thank you so much, Ed. Of course. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. For more information, head to our website at whatgivesproject.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.